You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com, and the gang is all here. Is uh, It is a big week as uh, OU hits the practice fields for fall camp, uh, preseason camp. I always call it fall camp. I realize it's 100 degrees outside. Well, it hadn't been lately, but uh, it's hard to call it fall camp. Preseason camp. I think I'm just going to start calling it that. That starts up on Friday. We've got media day tomorrow. Uh, Oklahoma still currently, at last check, in the Big 12 Conference. Bob Bowlesby's out dating the Pac-12 right now. Uh, And uh, welcome in, guys. Uh, Josh. How's the wife doing? I know. uh, Can we talk about her recent uh, struggles? Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we kind of have to, to a point, um, because I am playing Mr. Mom, so there could be an absolute Layla break in at any time. Oh, I so love the airport. Th- yeah, uh, she broke in right before we got started and I had to mute myself and like explain to her she can't be in here right now. So I have given them, uh, as every parent can relate to, they are on their iPads watching un, you know, unstoppable amounts of time of YouTube kids. So I am just allowing them to. I'm being my worst parenting self at the moment. So your wife uh, got the COVID. Mm-hmm. She's a nurse. Well, yep, a um, little cocoa scare. Mm-hmm. And she'd been vaccinated, so um, yep. it wasn't like yeah. she was. You know, she's a truther or anything. Yeah. No. Oh, absolutely not. Tiffany was. Uh, you know, because she's in healthcare, she was vaccinated very, very early, and you know. Had kind of kind of the same story every you know not everybody but most everyone that's vaccinated is telling you know she had some mild symptoms really you know and I know Eddie kind of um, kind of touched on it just fatigue I mean just a lot of fatigue um, she's real worn out for a couple of days really gotten better over the last forty eight hours and kind of um, had passed a lot of her work protocols to where you know they kind of would allow her to return so. She is, uh, this is her first day back in the world. So, of course, we, we're going to pod today with the girls, chaotic. They've been home with me for, you know, with me and her for 10, 12 days now. So it, it has been a, um, it's been a run. I, I, I am ready to literally do anything but play, you know, um, I don't know, with, with Legos or anything else. Like, just anything not kid-related. I'm curious, like, like, how hard do you have to work to keep the girls away from her during that time? Like, if they know she's there, and they probably want to see her really bad because they haven't seen her in a couple of days, like, how sure. how hard is that? Lainey, it's really simple. Lainey's seven. She gets it. And, you know, like, she's heard of uh, of it so much that, like, 
I, I don't want to say it scares her, but she respects what it is. Like She's like, okay, that's bad. I don't want to be that. And she's got like a friend's birthday party not far down the road. So we're like, you can't go to that if you're, you know, like you, you kind of can work out that contact situation. Layla, a little more complicated. Um, you know, she's three and a half and she is my impulsive, you know, just does whatever the hell she wants to do all the time. So got to, got to work on that a little bit. I, I won't say security was always as good as it should have been, but we didn't have any huge scares. See, like it is so odd from i mean i i distinctly remember when this whole thing started and, and us doing pods and talking about it uh and tomorrow you know i think the spring game was kind of you still kind of knew it was there but it was the first time that you could kind of sit around and feel like oh this is we're finally getting on the other side of this and now tomorrow with media day it's kind of a reminder that we're not on the other side of this yet because we have to wear masks uh, into the Switzer Center. We have to uh, interview the players over Zoom. We do get to talk to Alex Grinch and, and Lincoln Riley in person. Do we have a, another, Are we talking to Bill tomorrow, too? I can't even... No. I don't have the schedule. Mm-mm. Nope. God damn it. Uh, so, yeah, there's my disappointment uh, on air. So, yeah, I mean, it's we're back to it being weird a little bit again. I don't even know where my masks are at i haven't worn them in so long i'd have to uh stop by a walgreens or something later today i'm kind of in the same boat no comment we on bought like a hundred pack at sands last last year you, so, i did buy a couple what'd of you throw into the bonfire that you came to the mask burning party with <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was an empty box gosh it, i no comment on the setup for tomorrow i think that'd be the safest way to do it yeah, I mean it's frustrating. Hey, at least at least it's not all on Zoom. I'll go glass half full. At least it's not entirely on it. We'll get a little bit of a taste of normal. But Zoom. I mean, we went to the Big Twelve and it was normal. And I it know felt it so good. It did feel good to just see you know um, players and talk to them and be able to laugh and tell jokes and just I mean, the hell, way I the enjoyed world. I enjoyed Gary Patterson. He was a joy to be around at Big Twelve Media Days for me. Talking Ugh. about. Uh, you know what, though? I will, I, I will say this. Josh talking about getting tired about just wanting to get back out into the world and things like that. I am so sick of conference realignment stuff that I'm ready to just start talking about like actual football season stuff. No. I, think, I think we've reached the point of like, and especially on the OU side of things, it's like, okay, they know where they're going. They're going to the SEC. Let's start talking about the season. Let's start talking about the 2021 season. Yeah. 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 Oh, mm-hmm. for, for me, guys, I mean – it's two-sided. Like, I, I thought we were out of this recruiting, you know, like kind of this hot recruiting period, and then just it keeps – a guy keeps jumping into the pool. I'm like, son of a – I kind of think I'm at the end. We can relax for a minute. We can – you know, football can kind of take over, and then it's realignment. And then, you know, now you're just like, God, just start the season. Like, I, I'm – I need something else to focus my brain on for at least like a day or two. I'm going to – It is – I'm going to promise myself that I just just – as we get through the season, don't let me bitch about the season because it was so weird last year. I, there will be a little bit of normalcy back uh, coming into our lives, though. Well, you remember how all like right. people just started, like there was a point where people just started losing it, and you had all these weird incidents and shootings and stuff like that. Like Everybody just had had enough, and they kind of started losing their minds you know, person by person. I'm a little afraid... That I might be that guy. I'll admit this. I yelled at everyone this week, uh, one night. Um, 
just frustrated hey, with things. Columbine the uh, the war room. I did. Uh, <laughs> I said, you mother bleepers, you, you're disappointing me, you're letting me down. Uh, all of those things. And uh, I just feel like I'm going to have a meltdown at some point. Another one? Continue to go. I was back. gonna say that kind of felt like the meltdown. There, there's another one. Like we that was <laughs> that was like the preliminary shots. I'll probably just like, yell at you, Josh. That's probably okay. Happened. And that's hey. fine. Like this is this is the the same deal on say, the board. Eddie, like, that's Eddie, fine. Eddie uh, stepped it up. We figured out our video stuff. I at some point I'm gonna have to get it down to Josh. Um, yeah, that's been a. It's just. I don't know. I think we saw that on the board. We kind of we kind of see that all. The, we're kind of used to dealing with meltdowns, though, on a regular basis on the board. Yeah, like we're kind of going one down one right now with Wanye Morris uh, in his situation. <laughs> it feels good though because it's actual like it's 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 a good meltdown. I think there's good meltdowns and bad meltdowns. These are good meltdowns. It's nice to have meltdowns. It's a football about, meltdown. It's a football yeah. meltdown. Yeah, in yeah. the real world purposes, it's not a uh, meltdown meltdown. Well, and, and, and it all within centers, all this, it all nobody's around. talking about Savion Bird looking looking ready, he looking great. like a dude. He looked great in some of the uh, pictures that are out on the internet right now. I feel like OU has perfected how to take a picture of someone to make him just look like a monster. I, I don't think that was an OU picture, though. That was like a uh, back home picture. It's kind of yeah, like that McClellan picture out. that yeah. came out when he just looked like a total dude. Yeah. A couple or of the, months ago. Uh, how about the, uh, the picture of uh, Spencer Rattler that I asked? Do you think... Uh, you think Michael Rattler had like? Do they have photoshopping classes that that parents have to go through to make their kids look bigger <laughs> during the summer? Uh, I mean, Rattler's just a guy. He's never gonna just be a physical specimen. He's just not. I mean, I it, I think that he's he looks. We probably like because some of those guys do look so jacked. I think it makes him look quote unquote worse. Does that make sense? And we haven't seen Spencer in person. That's in true. Ages. That's true. No, we saw him at camp. It's well, technically, camp. yeah, but not like in person. No, I mean, we saw him two, three weeks into off-season workouts. Sure, like they just finished now, but but Eddie said it at the time. Like he put po- he posts so many workout videos, you think he'd be more jacked than he is. I just it, don't. It's think- very Landry Jones ish, like. It's not Landry that bad. It's five. not that it's bad. Not, no, I'm not saying it's not that bad. But like the same deal, you're like, shouldn't he look like more than that? Like, I mean, and, like and you look Spencer's at like a Baker. better athlete than Landry well, was. Like, you look well, at Baker right now. He wasn't like shredded though. Like, what quarterback is shredded? Shredded. Uh, I'm Can't really not shredded, but I like mean, Trevor Knight was. You Trevor, know. Trevor's a di- little bit of a different animal because he's he was always like cut. Yeah. yeah, even in high school, yeah. he was kind of and yeah. He, he was and kind he of had the the prototypical athletic head. I mean, Baker's I mean, like head the uh, the prototypical dad bod when he was at OU. He's he's well, definitely he made had, his gains when he got to the yeah, league. Like Baker wore the you know the cutoff shirt and his belly kind of stuck out a little bit, but he wasn't like the pinnacle of you know he wasn't going to be what's the the big weightlifting magazine, the fitness magazine, bodybuilding. I, I definitely don't subscribe to one so. Uh, I, I, it's always been my <laughs> idea Baker wore the rib rib guard just to make it seem like it wasn't all him in there. Like it was like, oh, it's mainly just these these rib protectors here, are keeping it looking a little bulky here in the middle. Yeah, but he's. I mean, like he looks right now, like he's got the lowest body fat of his entire career. Yeah, he looks really good. Mm-hmm. Well, why Emily's probably not letting him eat anything when he's at home? They're eating oats and grains and all that other. Breaking shit. Breaking news: Emily's a terrible cook. 
Uh, I, I think they probably outsource all that. I mean, he's probably, probably got a you know he's if probably he, one of those things like the uh, Instagram videos that they make. It's probably in the uh, the shakes that they're. He's probably wanting to take over uh, the TB12 someday. Start his own like Tom Brady. He makes a ton off of that crap. Yeah, probably so. Needs to join a cult first. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Guerrero or whatever. That guy's crazy. I would. Ne- I don't think that I would want to have that much sports success if it meant that I had to eat that way. Yeah. Like, some of that stuff is disgusting. Well, it's like the Subway yep. commercial where Steph Curry's like, do you even eat bread, Tom? He's yeah. Like, a oh, that, yeah. That, that's beautiful. Like That, that is a well-placed. That whole thing works. Uh, so, anyway, uh, you know, the Wanye stuff, I, that sprouted from last week's pod where I, I predicted that, you know, Anton Harrison would start over him to start the season. Uh, and it all stems from the fact that, you know, when he first got to OU, uh, he was not able to even practice at that point because uh, there were still eligibility issues. And, and I'm not talking uh, NCAA investigation stuff stemming from the whole Tennessee stuff. That's not what this is about. It's just about a guy uh, having, you know, the, the right GPA and all that stuff, uh, credits and all that to be eligible to play at this point of his career. Which you think, like, everything with the NCAA is do whatever you want, do whatever you want. But there still are, you know, core uh, things that you have to reach in order to be able to play football, and grades is still one of them. So I think some things have to get worked I'm not saying they can't or they won't get worked out. Hell, they could be worked out this week um, from someone that I've kind of heard something from. It could be worked out now. But that's something throughout the summer that – you know, they've had to work on. And I like I said, I, I said this on the board, I think Wanye is as much to blame as anybody. I mean, I think Tennessee's to blame, uh, but I don't know who to blame more. Is it, you know, the kid's fault for not doing well, or is it the school's fault uh, for, you know, holding him up? I don't know what the answer is there, but it's something that's got to get worked out. Same thing I told you guys before we started. It's like, I how the hell are we on August 4th of 2021, he's been literally a student at OU for what now? I guess just the one semester. So Right. But still, how the hell are we here? I just don't understand what these, not the, the compliance department is- or whoever, like what do these people do day to day that these this paperwork or, you know, whatever, how does it not get taken care of? I just do not understand that. Well, the athlete's got to take care of some things sure. on his own. I, and I completely get and that. And I don't think he's yeah. without blame in this. Sure. Thing. Okay. That's so, and, and I'll tell you this. From everything I've heard, compliance shouldn't be blamed at all for anything. If okay. anything, they've pushed this thing forward and well, helped them get it I don't out. understand how the player doesn't get something done. Like, whoever. Like, I just feel like when I was in school, if I had to get, you know, and this is a very, this might be a terrible comparison, but... You got to, you know, you get something sent home. If Laney or Layla get something sent home, they got to get it signed. It gets put in a folder and you give it to your parents to get it signed and you take it back the next day. I never had a problem with I mean, that in school. To me, it's a constant battle of the coaching staff <clears throat> with players. Like when I was talking to a coach um, right before NIL got going, his biggest concern was that half the players on a team are going to be ineligible because they're more worried about working on their name, image, likeness than they are going to class. Or turn it in assignments, or just—I mean, basically, 
if you talk to anyone that used to play football in college recently, they will tell you the same thing. And I, we had this discussion before the show. You almost have to try harder to fail than you do sure. to succeed. Because it's all laid out for you. Like, this is what you need to do. Uh, and they monitor everything. They monitor if you're going to class or not, if you're turning in assignments, if uh, your grade, you know, GPA falls below a certain point, if you're in a danger zone. Like, there are people whose only job is to make sure that you are eligible. What I would never in a million years wish that upon anybody to be their job, to make sure the players have to stay eligible. Which there That been- sounds like, I mean, you talk about needing an Adderall script. That would just be unbelievably hard it's hurting cats you'd need two two Adderall scripts one for you and one to hand out to all the players but I mean there's guys Josh I mean there's been rumors that Marcus Major is is having some issues so I mean it's not like it, it can't happen or it doesn't happen or guys you know aren't in the danger zone of, of it happening it, it still happens um, that was a weird time to drop my name in. I was looking at my phone. I felt like I was back in high school and like, Josh, eyes up. Like it felt like a pay attention. See, I've just been yelling at people too much lately. On. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm tired I'm, now all of a sudden. It, it was, it was a little, I was like, Jesus, do you have video in here already? Well, it's like the East Mississippi last chance you, what, what was her name? Was it, was it Brittany? And with the, with the, and then she left for the oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. bring a pencil. Like that would just wear on you. That would just destroy you. Oh, that... Can you imagine <laughs> doing it at a JUCO? Oh my god. Yeah, I was I told this story to you guys before. I was the team tutor in JUCO. I mean, it was unbelievable how stupid people are. And it's just I don't know. It's some people just need a lot of help. But you know what? They give them that help. So hopefully it just all gets worked out. Uh, but I will say this, and Josh, you've heard some of the same things. I don't know if you're looking at your phone right now. Uh, it's if Anton Harrison is the starter, it's not because he, you know, he 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 lucked into that spot. I mean, I keep hearing that he's looked really, really good. Uh, absolutely. I mean that that has been the the Wanye conversation. Carrie, you know, let's be honest. You've heard more of that than I have, but. The the talk of what I the thing I hear is that's his job. Like left tackle, that's him. He's been awesome. Really has taken that step forward from last year. When guys, I mean, I don't think it's really gotten its due that this that that wasn't a guy that came in early. Like he came in with everybody else and was just so good. They were like, we got to figure out some way to make this work. Like I mean, he he was. And so, like, I, I think having that, I mean, and being an unusual year that it was, now to come back, have spring, have summer workouts, it just sounds like he's impressed everybody. And, you know, he was one of those guys in high school. I liked him a lot. I thought we had him a little undervalued. Um, he was a little sloppy, needed to lose some weight, but, I mean, you know, or at least move the weight around a little bit. But once that started to happen, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a Bill Biedenboe prototype tackle. And you would always hear like Bill would would kind of Bob wouldn't it wouldn't Bill kind of drop his name every once in a while when we did talk to him uh, about you know him I think he and Rain were the two guys that weren't playing a lot mm-hmm. that Bill tended to talk the most about 
Yeah, when it came to the 2020 class, those those were the two that you could already tell that despite all the circumstances, they were separating themselves from the rest of the pack. So, I mean, but that'll be you just kind of kept waiting for him to make that move a, a year ago, didn't you? Like, as far as Anton Harrison yeah. goes, and he, he did. It, I mean, he obviously And a played. lot of that is the pressure because people don't want Swenson playing. Sure. Poor Eric Swenson. He's always just going to be the, uh, the butt end of every joke, isn't he? Swenson and Mead. Swenson, Mead, and uh, Tyrese Robinson are all kind of cut from the same cloth as far as guys that just become... They are the... Uh, I don't want to say whipping boy by any, by any means, but they're just guys that... They're the easy targets, I guess. For I the fan I feel like uh, Lincoln kind of knows that, and he trolls the fans because he, he always, always... brings them up. He always brings up yeah. how good they're doing. No, he 100% does. <laughs> And then it's like, like he did that. It's like, God, it's like, God damn it! I'm gonna have to go to the board and like put like on the Monday notes or whatever. Like, yeah. And Riley spoke glowingly of Eric, Eric Swenson. Swenson. It's like, God damn it! Here it comes. I can feel it coming yeah. at me. No, as you soon know, as he says that in a press conference, you're like, oh damn it! This is gonna I, if, blow up now. Just don't. I'm still it, a. Just don't <laughs> so I'm still on. a semi buyer in Tyrese Robinson, but Swenson. Swenson feels like an affront to me every time it comes up. I'm like, nope, nope, I don't want to hear it. Like, we've been down this road. We know even if you want to say, okay, he's been injured, blah, 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 he's going to get hurt again. It happens every time. Like, even if you choose to believe that the problems are strictly about injury, then every year he's been in Norman, he's been seriously injured. I mean, that that's the only explanation for it. And I – if at some point you are injury prone, it will happen again. I think we've said this before. The, the biggest problem with Swinton is he's good enough to look good against okay competition, but he gets exposed when they play anybody elite. Yep. He will fool you into thinking you're safe. So, I mean, I think tomorrow that's going to be obviously one of the biggest topics is the offensive line. Uh, I know Bob uh, has a, a five questions out this morning talking about you know, things that he's looking forward to. I wish it could be just as simple as like, okay, Lincoln, who's in, who's out? Like, who do we not need to worry about? Yeah, who can we stop? Like, come on, just throw us a bone. Can we finally give up on just for a Walker? Month. Yeah. So, not just, if you look at the tackle depth, you can't. Yeah, I just, I... I mean, if Wanye is, is out for whatever and Stacey Wilkins is gone... Who, who's is Eric? I mean, who are the guys you're looking for? Attack, guys. I'm I'm telling you, Aaron Parks almost has to be part of this conversation. It doesn't make sense any other way. Like they don't have enough bodies that he right. almost has to get a look. I mean, it seems like Bray Walker and Daryl Simpson have long been afterthoughts. But if there's any year where they could bust on through just based on numbers it's right about now it is amazing that they've had these runs uh at tackle and And thank god that they've had a little success in the transfer portal yeah i mean it's just it's that's the one thing i mean we've done nothing but praise bill beatenbow and for good reason but now you're kind of saying okay you know this is kind of an area where you've fallen short can you hear some people from the board 55 namely like see see i told you (laughs) I don't know. I, and plus, it, not to mention, uh, it really working out that Cody Ford was, you know, really good at tackle for you. Sure. It, it, it's kind of like Bob and I were talking about this morning. It's as far as like, 
I don't want to be the like push the panic button for a month straight before the season starts guy, but like if you look at the totality of what Oklahoma has, they are a there are a number of positions that if things were to go you know wrong in during the month of August and even at the beginning of September, it's like you know I think there's a lot of people that feel like they're going to be a good team that this could be a team that competes you know realistically for a national title, but at the same time. If you have some injuries at a couple positions, if you have some things that don't go the right way, and, you know, God forbid that, you know, and I know Oklahoma fans certainly think that this is kind of taboo to say, but maybe Spencer Rattler doesn't make that jump that you expect him to make. All of a sudden, where is this team? Eddie. I'm not saying that. Uh, Welcome like, to the dark side, Eddie. Eddie. Like, hey, I, I'm, it has to be said. Like, you, it has to, that other side has to be talked about. I'm not saying that they're overrated. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, that they aren't one of the better teams in the country. But I think that if you look at it, it's like, let's let's take a step back. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. It's August no, it is 4th like, for it a is, reason. No, there's a, you always you should ask yourself that question. Like, okay, I know everybody's been talking about national champions, but... Maybe worry this, about winning the Big 12 for a seventh possibly, straight time. Could this possibly go wrong? Like, you have to ask yourself sure. that question. Like... Uh, how, how we're going to look like fools if we don't take this into account and and it's the offensive mm-hmm. line and it's safety yep exactly uh you know it's it's one of those things where i i think this team has a legitimate chance at a national championship they also could be a three loss team if they get hit with some injuries in just a couple of places cuz they are razor thin in a couple of spots and, and i'll i'll tell you that- let me say again just, just for the people out there that have already like, like turned us off. I'm not saying they're going to go nine and three. I'm not sitting here saying that. I'm just saying that you need to take a step back and let's look at the big picture here. I can't uh, wait for Eddie to become the villain. I, I hope I am. Fan base just to come after you. I'm sorry. I'm not going to James Hale this bitch and take take him to go undefeated for the 16th consecutive well, he's year. Been doing that since he's been free. So. Chip Brown, I think, has got Texas I'm, going 16 I'm walking away slowly from the conversation. They're just going to the NFL. No, and, back in tight end. I mean, you get an injury there. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, you're thin. Uh, you're hurting. But here's, to me, the one thing that we just haven't shouted from the rooftops that is the biggest question mark is the one, the one guy that's penciled in as a starter. We're going to talk to him tomorrow. We don't know if he's any good or not, and that's Jeremiah Cradell. Like, is he going to be worse than Buki? He better not be. I mean, but Jeremiah Cradell, we don't really know if he's good or not. Well, I think that there's a lot of guys. Like, you could go down the list of guys that's like, I think he's going to be really, really good. Like, there's no reason not to think he's going to be really, really good. You come out of the spring thinking whoever is going to be good but they haven't done anything on a Saturday to make you think they're going to be good. And is Marvin Mims going to be the only star receiver? Sure. Like, like, is that? Do I think that's going to be the case? Obviously not. I think Jaden Hazelwood's going to have a pretty damn good year. But there's nothing that you can really look at over the course of his career that has made you think. It, it, it's kind of like the uh, the Blitnikoff like watch list stuff when it came out. It's like Jaden Hazelwood's getting slept on. Like, you know, you see that all over Twitter. And it's like. I mean, I, while I agree, what Bob just said, it's like, 
how can you put him on a watch list when he hasn't done anything yeah. over the last two years? And that's and you know obviously you don't like you don't go into the fact that well he's been hurt he had a slow he was slow coming back from a, from a bad knee injury yada 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 and it's like okay but still at the same time you're expecting him just to make this jump and I I think that could happen but to say that it's a matter of fact and that it will happen is I don't know maybe a little much for me right now. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's the old Bob Stoops and Ed Cabba. Like, I, I think you can replace four receptions. Like, that's not that big a deal. But no, I, I, I there there is so much about this team that you be, that gives you reason to believe. But it's belief. It's not no. Like, you don't know these things. Like, I this guys, is officially I, I, a team that's 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 good on paper. That's officially yeah. what they, that's all they are right now. They're oh, good I think on you, paper. I think you could say even now the it's defensive a, it's line. A, it's a team that could be great on paper. The defensive line is good on the field, sure. and the corners to me all are right. good on the field. I, I believe. I think I, I I know more about the defense than I know about the offense. Yes, the offense I have real questions about now. Which is it's crazy Lincoln to say Riley, when Lincoln it, Riley's yeah, in charge it's of nuts. it. Yeah, it, absolutely. So I mean. You know, and again, like Eddie, I'm not saying I I don't believe. I I think these things will be fine so long as you, again you can avoid some injuries and at offensive tackle at running back. You know they've got a few spots that are narrow. They've got to have a receiver emerge. They need Austin Stogner to come back and be okay and be the guy that we saw in flashes early last year. I mean, they these things need to happen if OU is going to go as far as we think they can go, and if they don't. I mean, there's some issues there. I mean, like, they're, they're going to be problems. I do this every year, though, and if it was flipped and OU was, say, like a preseason 14 or 15, I'd be thinking of ways, well, they could be the top, a top three team because of this, but because they're a yep. top three team, I look at it the other way and say, well, what are the bad things? And, like, I don't know. I, it, it's unfair and you can't do it, but it, say you take away the, the Florida game, where, where do we think this team is going into the season? Obviously, they played really well in the bowl game. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I kind of forgot in a way that they almost lost the Big 12 championship game. Well, guys, I and I think the perfect embodiment of it is Spencer Rattler. I sure. mean, like, uh, again, we know the talent. It's huge. It's there. Like, we've, we've talked about him since he was a sophomore in high school. Like, we, we know this guy and what he is and what he can do. At the same time, has he done anything on the field that says, that's the best player in college football bar none? No. No, he hasn't. Not even close. He's had some great moments. He's had the you know late in the game against Texas. I thought he showed a lot of stuff that you liked. There were great moments against Florida, but at the same time, I mean, has he gone out there in a huge game against a team ready to go and put on a show? I no, I he's consistently there. He's consistently been in charge of an offense that has stalled, uh, like yep. more so than any offense that Lincoln Riley has had since he's been in Oklahoma. Uh, I mean, that second half against Iowa State, the reason that was a game, if he is the quarterback that we thought, he comes out and leads them down to a couple of scores, uh, and that game is over. Well, and but it didn't happen. Even with that set, it's like they still have the ball with a minute left, and he uh, he has the audacity to throw a 40-yard interception on first down. Yeah. On the 45-yard line. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? Now, I don't think he's going to make those types of mistakes. And, like, the TCU season. game was a great game statistically, but all he did was just... Chunk the ball down the field. Chunk it up. Yeah. Yep. Sure. <clears throat> and let Marvin Mims, you know, do everything. And, and to me, guys, like, it is a little bit for this offense. Uh, I, look, I, I think they're going to be in good hands with Caleb Williams from everything that we've seen so far. Uh, but 
you need Jaden Hazelwood to have a good team, a good year. I, I would suspect that if Hazelwood does not have a big year, he's probably in the transfer portal after this season. I think he's either in the portal portal or the draft. Yep. I think there's I a better chance the he just entered the draft. The season. There might even be a better chance they would enter the draft instead of the portal. Even if it was a disappointing season. You know what I mean? Yeah. There there does seem to be some of that. Like I'm just I'm gonna will this to happen. Who knows? I yeah. Like and but you talk about the wide receiver unit and I mean I I think a guy that personally I've probably forgotten about just because it's been so awkward and he hasn't even been out on the practice field is like how does a Mike Woods fit into this whole yeah. scenario? Mm-hmm. We know nothing about the guy. And I've, I I kind of find that fascinating and it it's like it it didn't dawn on me until God, when were we talking to Lincoln about this? It might have been Big 12 Media Day. It's like we think he's going to fit in. We literally haven't gotten him out on the practice field though. Yeah, it's cuz he came yeah, after he the spring. Woods and Trey Bradford is like we we think we really like what we've brought in, but we don't have a clue who they are yet. And it's all about that relationship that he and Rattler can develop sure. through the preseason <laughs> camp. And you know, it's not I I feel like we're just picking the shit out of this team. Uh, you know, Theo Weiss coming uh, off wait, an injury. Like, what's he going to be? I, I physically? think it, it, it's a good sign, though, when you're able to sit here and pick at a team like this. It means that they are good. Does that make sense? If it was the other way around, it means the expectations are high. Sure, I think that's that's a better way to put it. This, this feels like a. I hope I'm wrong. You know, or I, you know, I, I'm probably wrong about this. But here are some concerns. Like, here are the things that could go wrong. Um, because I mean, the, for everything that you look at on this team, this should be a really, really good team. It's just there are some concerns. You look at that wide receiver room, guys. I mean, you think you like Mike Woods. We know Theo Weese is talented, but through two years hasn't done a lot. Jaden Hazelwood, you know, not really through his fault, hasn't done much. Marvin Mims is the one guy that you say, yep, okay, he, he's good. He's an all-American caliber player. And we haven't um, mentioned Mario Williams yet because I think yeah, we all believe he, he's going to be good. He, he's the guy that I think could really uh, – I, I think not even so much he's good, but push some of these older guys. Like, if you're not going, he's going to take your job. Yeah. I think that'll be his biggest role this year outside of just making plays. Scare the shit out of everybody that's there that they're not going to get to play as much. And then you start working your way like among the other wide receivers. I think I still think that how they use the tight end and, you know, Stogner's health, it sounds like he's headed in the right direction. Braden Willis, Jeremiah Hall, it's going to be really interesting to see how they use that group of H-backs slash tight ends. And you really, you really got the sense, I thought, Bob, from Big 12 Media Day, uh, and, and it wasn't just because he was there, but uh, it seemed like Lincoln Riley has really committed to using Jeremiah Hall uh, and you know, maybe an admission that he'd kind of gotten away from that a little bit. And maybe that was because uh, Stogner got more involved. But mm-hmm. And Hall made plays last year. I mean, he, he scored touchdowns, but you almost get the sense like Lincoln is looking at this like, Okay, well, my receivers haven't stepped up. I can lean on this guy and do a lot of good things this year. Yeah, like I, I personally have been waiting for Stogner and Braden Willis just take over the spot and Hall. You see, like limited time, and whether it's injury or inconsistency, there's Hall. He's always the man standing. You know, he's he's been healthy whenever he's had his number called. He's he's made plays, and so. It comes to a point where it's like instead of him being 
always thrown to the sides. Like, okay, how do we use him best? Because we know he's always going to give us his best whenever he gets a chance to do whatever he's asked to do. And the thing about Stogner, guys, to me is, like, we've all seen him since he, since he was in high school. And I think we've all looked at him and looked at his frame and been like, wow, that could be a Gronk-type guy. Uh, but he's still not fully developed. I'm sure the staph infection had something to do with that. Like, you stand up ne- next to Jeremiah Hall and you realize, like, that's a dude. Like, he's a dude. Like, he's big. Well, you go back to even 2019, and I think it was the Baylor game when they had the big comeback. It's like, Braden Hall and Stogner were the two guys in the red zone that made all the plays. You, what, Braden Hall? Jeremiah Braden, Hall? Braden Willis. Braden Willis okay. and uh, Stogner. In Bedlam? No, in uh, 2019 no, Baylor. Okay. In the, in the, in the big comeback. I mean, those yeah, that, yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. that was like their yeah. coming out party, and you thought, okay, this is going to be the game that kind of like springboards everybody Steel into what the 2021 yeah. was. Yeah. So I don't know. I... I will say it's like coming out of Big 12 Media Days, it seemed like Theo's name was the name that was the most popular among guys that, or at least Jeremiah Hall and, and Lincoln Riley. I mean, the two guys that we talked about from the offensive side of the ball. Well, because think- he had to work on his upper body, you know, the, but the injury to whatever part of the lower body, made he had to finally get stronger. I know that's what Lincoln was saying is like maybe he hasn't been as dedicated in the weight room first two years. This forced him to, and so maybe he's a much different receiver if you add 10, 15 pounds of muscle to him. Yeah, I mean, I just, it, it is, as you mentioned earlier, Eddie, it is just kind of strange because it, you almost feel dirty saying it, but I kind of believe in this defense a lot more than I do in the offense. No, 100%. It's strange to say no, it. I, I think, it, and it, it probably also is just because it's in the back of your mind. It's like they finally have some guys that look the part. Well, it's like when you know when we've had you know opportunities or you know people have asked us to come on and talk about OU in the SEC. It's like you feel like you have to qualify everything by like, look, I don't ever think that this defense was good, but I feel differently now. Like <laughs> I think they're actually good. Like I think they could actually compete in the SEC defensively and not look, you know, crappy. And like, they still and they still have a ways to go. Like I, I think you can say like that you they could compete and they still are probably not where you would want it to be if you're truly playing for a national championship. Sure, yeah. They're, they're close, though. It just goes back to what we talked about. We don't know about the safeties, and we don't know... When you're in... You know, when you dug really yourself a hole like LBs. they were in, it's it's been a minute. I just think it's going to be interesting seeing some of this play out. We've talked a lot about, you know, the non-starters, guys like David Aguebu mm-hmm. and... Uh, how that how that's all going to play out and fit in, and we know that Alex Grinch is going to rotate people, uh, so a lot of people are going to play. But you know, how does it work out with like Jaden Davis at corner and DJ Graham and Woody Washington? Like, how do you how do you who really emerges there? I well, think I know it's going to be Woody and DJ Graham, but I haven't given up on Jaden Davis either. No, and it's kind of cliche, but at the same time, it's just I think too that it's one of those things. And that, Latrell McCutcheon. I mean, I, it? It's just the natural progression of uh, of year three in a system as opposed to going from year one to year two. You know, it, I, I think that that plays a big part in it as well. I Great mean, point, Eddie. I, no, I, I'm thinking like <laughs> of those questions that you want to ask Lincoln that you're not going to ask him. Uh, Mine would be, so seriously, Justin Harrington at corner? Like, you're not going to change that? Yeah. You're not going to try him at safety? Is he even going to play at corner? 
because he's got a lot of people in front of him. Seems like you got a lot of cornerbacks. Where's everybody else going to be? Got a lot of options at corner. Yeah, and I I think and you it's, have a deficiency at safety. I think it's safe to say that you can put Woody Washington locked into one of those. I guess the is the question really where are your other three coming from? Pat Fields, really, Lincoln? You sticking with that? I mean, you, you don't have somebody better that can catch a football. I love the service you bring to the community. You're a great representative of the University of Oklahoma. But could be a coach on that staff someday. You're holding yeah. them back. I, I, I don't even want to say hold them back. It's just like you got other people. I I feel like you do. I And, you know, well, does somebody like Bryson Washington make a move? Yeah, I'm wondering That's, about Keyshawn Lawrence. Does he have a yeah. set position yet? Who was it that put out like the, the measurables that he had at the end of the uh, – Spring, I think it was somebody, I can't remember who it was, but it was like the 4-4 and jumped like a 75 billion bird or whatever. was like a Tennessee guy from 24-7 like, God damn, come on. Like, that's that's what you want, measurable-wise. Let's start seeing it out on the field, though. Well, and it's just always been, and I know we've all talked about it, but it's just always been so strange because we talk about all this depth that Alex Grinch has wanted to create and all these things. Well, his position is the one position, <clears throat> excuse me, that hardly ever rotates. Yep. Yeah, and but I, I think it that. would if they felt like they had more options. Yeah, I mean, and <laughs> I guess I to mean a they point, had to, they fine, had to play but... they had to play Fields and Turner all those snaps because that's all that they did. They had no backups. They had they no were, depth. I mean, to a point, but they were rotating Brian Mead in. I mean, if Brian Mead can find time, they've got somebody that's no no less proficient than Brian Mead as a safety. At one time, that would have cut me deeply, but it doesn't anymore. <laughs> After that Florida but I mean, the, yeah, game. The, hmm. That's why we're wondering, like, why are these guys pigeonholed into other positions? Like, you hear Nickel, it's Bowman, Cradell, like, is it Lawrence? When some feel like some of these guys could help, you put them at safety. If, if they started playing safety last year, then maybe they would be ready to make their mark now. Uh, yeah. It's it's hard to question Alex Grinch. But, it's fair. you know, they just... Safety is... They they should be so much better. And I don't even I don't even think DeLarian Turner yells bad. It's not to say that they aren't going to be again. It's it, I, I think it's just projecting what we know versus the unknown of there's a lot of guys that you're counting on that have not played a whole lot of football. Yeah. I, I, Carrie, you're right. Like, I think you can go where you want to go with Turner Yell. I'm not saying he's going to be an elite player or change that, you know, the national title game or anything like that. I, I, I mean, guys, do you think you win a national championship with Pat Fields? I, I don't know that I believe that. I like the kid. Like, this is truly not supposed to just be some kind of hit piece against him. But, no, I don't think you can. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I same. Pat's a kid I knew, covered him, you know, being an Oklahoma kid. He and I had a good relationship. I, I think the world of Pat. But it's just like Justin Broyles. Like, we never that, wanted to bag on I was, Justin Broyles. I was I just Justin getting Broyles. ready to say that, Josh. I, I love Justin Broyles. I think he's uh, obviously a integral part of what you want on a football team. But yep. do I think you can send him as one of the 11 out there to win a national championship? I I don't know. From I what, from what I've seen, no, I don't think that you can. I have a hard time saying that 
oh, you can't win a national championship with one weak link when they almost got to the national championship with that defense and. <laughs> that's fair. Twenty eighteen. That, well, is is that's the offense going to be? Uh, I mean, Chance one Sylvie of the best offenses ever put together. Defense. Well, that's the thing that the Do offense they, is going to have to be really good, which they're capable of being. Are Ten of the eleven starters going to play it down in the NFL. I mean, and, I and the think... one that didn't was probably the best football player of them all in Dimitri. Thank I know you. that's much. Thank you, I know that's a lot, but no, you I, get I don't. I, I think that I'm fine with that. And that offensive line was really good. They're literally well, and every one of them is on an NFL roster yeah. right now. But you know the the flip to that is Eddie, you've got a whole bunch of NFL guys on the defensive side of the ball now. So no, I get it. They can mask sure. that a little bit. Sure. If the defensive line is what we think it is, mate. The secondary shouldn't have to have to do as much. One hundred percent. And I think that I mean, Bob, that's a great point because I think you saw as Oklahoma's defensive line got better over the last, you know, shit. You could say year and a half to two years, specifically over the last year when Winfrey started playing well. It wasn't a coincidence that you weren't giving up 40-yard bombs on the other side. It, it is telling how much better that defense got once Perry on Winfrey, the light kind of went on for him. Like sure. It just it looked different. Guys, somebody brought up something on the board, and I thought it was a pretty – I mean, it, I don't know if it's telling or not. Kind of hearing nothing on Jalen Redmond this summer seems like a good thing. Like that feels like, okay, there, there's no news – He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Like, no, I mean, not that Jalen didn't before, but I mean, like, no, nothing's holding him back. He's getting to take part. He's doing, you know, taking part in all the stuff he should. That feels like positive news because I think we all accept Jalen Redmond's a really good player when he can go. Uh, another one of those guys, and I, I, damn, I hate being this guy today, but it's just like, <laughs> well, stop. He's another stop. one of those guys that. Like, he's still a very, 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 and I, I think uh, Jamar Kane would be the first one to tell you, he hasn't played a whole lot of football. No, but he led the team in tackles when he, was, when he did play well, that's as a freshman. Not, that's a good thing, isn't it? I mean, in sacks. It's a bad thing, but a good thing going in when you can talk about it in 2021. It wasn't a good thing back in 2019, if that makes I mean, sense. As long as, long as he embraces that role because I appreciated how honest he was in 2019 about not wanting to move inside. Sure. He's had a lot of time to think about if he is fully committed to being okay with that position. He, he is dynamic. There's no other, no other way to say it. I mean, I think Ari gold would tell him if he hasn't accepted it by now, he needs to get the out. I, I think the thing with Jalen is, you know, he, he opted out last year. Uh, he had that DUI. He didn't rehab uh, correctly from his shoulder surgery. Uh, so he wasn't able to really perform at a high level. I think going through all that, it's probably got to give you a little perspective on like this could all go away. And he's a guy that, you know, the people around him, uh, they all feel like he's an NFL talent. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to get to the NFL. I mean, shit, there was talk that he might declare for the draft last year. As bad a shape as he was. So he wants to do that. And, and you get the sense that he's kind of committed to that now when he, when he wasn't before. And, and COVID was just a kick in the ass for him because, you know, when, they, when things shut down and he didn't have people to push him every day. And Josh has talked about, you know, that kid since he was in high school. Like, he's not always the, the biggest self-starter. He needs, he needs someone to motivate him. And he needs coaches. He needs coaching. And I think he's getting that now. 
he, he he is. He's one of those kids. He responds really well to coaching, but he needs the coaching. Some guys can just do it, and I think I, part of me is I, I think football is always second to Jalen. He he he's a guy that loved basketball, but he just he's better at football. So I, I think you get some of that. But no, I I'm uh, like I said, I I just feels like that is good news that nothing's happening, and it, frankly, it's been a pretty. I mean, God, everybody's going to be screaming at the radio as they hear this, but like. It's been a pretty quiet summer for Oklahoma, which is something that hasn't always been the case. That feel, especially in years where it seemed like they were due for a really big year, the summer you were like, "Well, there's this thing, or there's this injury, or there's that." Robert like it seems count. like it's. Well, I mean, you know, hey, <laughs> he's run his stairs. I mean, he's run the stadium. He's good. We're all. <sighs> That still doesn't make any sense. To no, me. That, they're all gone. The... They lost three players because of a no, robbery. That, no, I, I don't know. What, uh, yeah, I don't know what you're Thomas talking Josh? about. Are you going with Isaiah? Is, or... is there a robbery? Oh, that you don't know I'm sorry. No, no, I'm I'm sorry. I was talking about Isaiah. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I like this team that... already. When you're having to think which guy it was, <laughs> that's a sure, good sign, sure. folks. Get, that, that God does that not feel like forever ago? That feels like a really long time ago to me. Like that doesn't feel like the summer. I know it was, and, I, and that's fine. But that feels that's like that you was still in the big ancient 12. history. Yes, I and mean, that was a conference I mean, ago, was, guys. Let it go. The robbery was in June, by the way. I mean, it's not that long ago. Well, no, the Wait, rob- no, it wasn't because it was going to the spring game. It was because remember Mike, oh, Mikey yeah. played. Yeah, Mikey it played, was, it was and it was April fourteenth. Yeah, April fourteenth. Clearly weird. Yeah. Well, spring. So yeah, okay, I'll allow it. It hasn't been that Hideki bad. Matsuyama wasn't even a Masters champion. <laughs> well, that's what we're all getting. And nor was the uh, boy from Bratislava. Bratislava. He wasn't a silver medalist either. Carry on. So, um, it, I, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the title of this pod's going to be uh, get ready for an ass kicking sooner, fans. Oh, you might go five and seven. Okay. <laughs> Eddie goes Donnie Darko on us. I'm just I'm bringing up questions that need to be asked. All right. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's you know the point of the five questions. Like there's questions. I feel all of them are going to be answered. Sure. There's no, no doubt there are questions. Yeah, and prepare yourself. Thusly, uh, okay. We are in the dead period now, uh, which. I know the dead period has not been exactly dead, Josh. It seems like it has been a, kind of the stepping off point. Like when it goes to the dead period, that's when shit starts happening. Uh, but oh, you did just have a visit weekend. Uh, I know you've been catching up with people. Um, so what? What is the? I don't know. What's the number one headline coming out of uh, OU now that they've entered the dead period? I would say. Probably the the Gentry Williams situation. That talking to him, I had a long talk with him on. I guess that was Monday night, and you know we've run a story. Scoop's going to have some more. We 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 kind of covered a lot of bases, and I I just I got a feeling from him that I haven't. <clears throat> golly, sorry, uh, that I haven't gotten in a while. It felt very much like there was a renewed comfort with Oklahoma, and you know he covered some of the stuff that you know when Eddie and I saw him in the spring, we talked with him about his relationship with Roy Manning and how that's always kind of been secondary to his relationship with Alex Grinch and if that could work with you know with with him being a corner and just going over some of those bases and really not just him like talking to him about where his family is with Oklahoma and how that relationship has developed and I think 
I don't, I don't know where you kind of fall on, you know, this should have been done before, this should have been covered, but it feels like Gentry gave OU the benefit of the doubt, and I think that's always telling in recruiting. If a school, if a, you know, if you're not going to get it, then you are probably never going to get that guy anyway. If you do get it, that usually is a sign of things. So you know, we'll have to watch. We'll see. Um, but the other thing that I thought was really interesting in my conversation with him is, guys, you remember a couple of months ago we were talking about USC. Oh, that USC visit. He, you know, there's rumors he's going to commit. You know, and I was kind of t- tap the brakes a little bit. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. Talking to him, the best visit he took was Florida. I mean, he flat out said it. And I, I, I think um, he's actually, I think he did a like an Instagram live or something yesterday where somebody told me he said something similar. So this isn't just like a one-off thing. Like he, he the Florida visit's what really hit for him. And I thought it was interesting that he was there with Chris McClellan. And then he comes back this weekend and he's in Norman with Chris McClellan. And clearly those guys were hanging out with, you know, like Robert Spears Jennings and Corbin Green was there, a buddy of both of theirs from the Tulsa area, uh, Xavier Bryce, and, you know, and Micah Tease, obviously, as well. So I, I thought Oklahoma did a really nice job with both of those guys doing things beyond just like, oh, well, we're going to make them feel at home because we're coaches and we're going to love them up. But, like, they were around guys they know, and they were around guys, you know, especially in Gentry's case, that, that could be his future secondary, you know, at Oklahoma. Josh, you know, the question that I really had from last weekend, you know, I was there at the Board of Regents, made official Friday. How much SEC talk was there by the coaches? I was surprised. I, I Oklahoma was pretty upfront about it, like telling guys that this may not be, you know, I mean, because some of these guys are 2022 guys. There is a world in which they would still never play in the SEC. And talking to some of these guys, I mean, they the coaches acknowledge, like, you know, we don't know. We're not in the room. We don't get to make these decisions. But there's, you know, they, they were very open that this is a possibility that exists that you guys could play in the SEC and maybe, you know, not deep into your career. So they, they I mean, they don't have to own any of it. You know, people were like, well, is that going to get them in trouble? No, they're coaches. They don't, they don't represent the university on a legal level. Like that, that's not, that's not part of the deal. So they can, t- it's recruiting. They get to spin whatever story they want to, but coaches were absolutely talking to these guys about it, telling them, you know, that, that how excited they are about the SEC. They think it's going to make them better all the way around, get to play great players, great talent. And, you know, still, you know, we're going to play. Texas we're gonna play Texas A&M you you know you Texas kids you get to go back and still be in front of your families and we're gonna you know I think it was just it was much more open to that conversation than I really expected OU to be I think it does probably give you a little look into the window of the why everything was kept so secret because they were so willing to run to recruits and say hey guess what (laughs) you I mean like you give a uh, a coach a no, new recruiting I mean, pitch that's like yeah. that's like giving a 16 year old girl like a Porsche and be like don't drive it no sure. that's not gonna happen that, that's not the way that's gonna go it makes you also wonder if like Jimbo Fisher's out there like hell we don't know if they're ever gonna be in the SEC oh 100% it'll, it'll be it, I heard it got pushed back to 2035 yep your your grandson may play in the SEC <laughs> but Georgia probably throwing that pitch out there too um, George is throwing something out there. Bob, go ahead if you have other stuff for, for Josh with recruit with respect to recruiting. I'll let you handle that. 
Well, you know, we've been talking a lot about 2022. It feels like 2023 is about to take a couple more steps. And that's pretty impressive what they've done with 2022 without a quarterback. But with Malachi in, it sounds like those inroads and those relationships are starting to be formed to where OU can start making their charge. Yeah, it's crazy that, you know, within two weeks from, you know, two weeks from now on the pod, we could be talking about, oh, you having four or five, you know, major commitments in the 2023 class. And, you know, you've already got OU. I mean, and again, it's absurdly early, but number one class in the country in 2023 with just two commitments. You add in the potential of landing Mikai Lemon at the end of this week. And then you throw in uh, the announcement last night of Joshua Bates, the uh, center from Durango, Colorado, that is going to announce, uh, uh, the I guess, the following Friday. So it's the 13th. So, uh, you know, it's it's just crazy how quickly this is all coming together. And, you know, the, the thing um, to kind of, you know, people, be, like I said, I keep feeling like, oh, it's going to stop. Well, I've already put in a forecast for DeAndre Moore, the wide receiver formerly of Las Vegas Desert Pines, uh, that was a high school teammate of Javante Barnes, the big 2022 running back that OU's in on. Now he announced this week he's transferring to Los Alamitos, where he grew up, and is going to play with Malachi Nelson and Makai Lemon. You think that's not going to help OU? I mean, should they land Lemon? They've got two guys committed on that roster, and now DeAndre Moore, one of their primary wide receiver targets, is going to be on the same roster. That that feels like that is just putting itself in a really good spot for Oklahoma at the moment. And we'll we'll talk running back. Jamari uh, Miller comes in, committed to Texas. Does that mean Javante Barnes? Is anything not on the same page there? I know Clemson starting to make their push there. Is there anything in the immediate that you can see happening between those two? You know, I've got to say, I mean, you know, for and I, I at times last year said, you know, I don't. I don't know what OU's doing at running back right here. I think they're riding the Kamar Wheaton thing a little too hard. You know, there, there were times I questioned some of the decisions. What they are doing right now at running back, it's chess, man. I mean, it's it's really impressive because from the I've had some conversations. I don't get any any feeling that OU doesn't feel good about Javante Barnes. I, I think they think they're in a really good spot on him right now. I don't get the impression that they're getting worried about it. Like, there, there's no you know, oh, if you don't jump on board here pretty soon, like, I, I don't get that feel. That That's not, uh, you know, and I'll have a little more in scoop on that. But there is, um, I think with Jamarion Miller, they know he's really good. And, you know, you guys, and I know a lot of board rem- members will remember, this was a guy I was saying, you know, when people would ask me, if they miss on Sawchuck and Barnes, who's the next guy? I think it's Jamarion Miller. And I said it for a long time. And um, that I, I think they just want to do, kind of build that relationship in case they need to. You know, they, they've got that in their back pocket. I know um, his mother came back and told uh, Jason Sukumel, our guy at Orange Bloods, that, uh, you know, things are status quo, it's okay. You know, they just kind of wanted to go up there and check it out. Uh, I think they were really trying to keep it quiet. Um, but it is, like I said, I, I think if Oklahoma – for him to make that trip – Without while being committed to Texas and OU not really pushing him that hard says a lot about probably his level of interest as well as Oklahoma's ability to get in there later if they want to. Um, so I, I think it's 
like I said, it, it was it was an impressive move. It was a it was the kind of flex you used to see Texas pull on Oklahoma more than the other way around, and now it, it's kind of interesting how uh, you know to steal a a phrase from our old buddy Jeff Ketchum, the worm has turned a little bit, and Oklahoma is able to make these moves, and Texas right now is is struggling in recruiting. They're they're taking some beats, um, so it, it's. It'll be, like I said, we'll keep watching it. But I I think Oklahoma feels good about Javante Barnes at the moment. I don't know how good a uh, deal it was for Texas to have every lawmaker from another school just line up and just take turns (laughs) swinging at you like a pinata. They need to do that like once a week. I I said all day, this is a waste of time, you know, whatever. They need to do it once a week. (laughs) It was fantastic. It was entertaining. That's content for days. I just loved the complete transparency of it. Like, oh, TCU alum, oh, I guess you'd rather lose to Alabama than TCU. Like, it was just so – they weren't even trying to hide their affiliations or what their motivations were. And They were just just there to extract their pound of flesh. Exactly. They they were mad on behalf of their school and they were going to they're going to let you know about it cuz they know there's not a damn thing they can do about it. Like it's it is what it is. I mean they they did all this they lost this war with A&M. Like why are they suddenly going to win it now? I'll give their president some props. He just stood there smiled and took it. Cuz he knew I, that he's leaving. Like what are you exactly. do about it. It's the same thing. Like yeah. cool. Yep. But he's probably in his mind he's probably like, "Yeah, I'm glad we're fucking you over." Yes, been you, awesome. you're removing all the guilt. It would have been awesome if you would have been able to say that. <laughs> you know, like you know what? Good. You want Lois? F- you. By the way, supposedly her daughter's pretty hot. <laughs> so, supposedly, oh, like you God. haven't looked. Oh, can't confirm. Can't confirm. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> Better than uh, Ta- Taylor Martell or whatever. Uh, Riley. Yeah. Riley Martell? Yeah, I mean, she's not a... A thought? Yes. I was going to say something else, but decided not to. TCU cheerleader. Oh, that means, yeah, yeah. big time. Yeah. They don't They don't expect... They don't want no scrubs. No. I did enjoy all of that, though. Maybe we'll get a uh, Oklahoma version of that. Bob, Bob's Sitter first will have question, to get back from when Bob saw this going on. He's like, "Am I going to have to go sit through this <laughs> yep. if it comes in Oklahoma?" You know, that's what you, Bob. You know, that's what it started like, and then you were like, "I would totally watch this between OSU and Tulsa, just going ape shit on the stage." <laughs> Doug Gottlieb would show up wanting to open oh, mic. It. God. Oh God, he's had a he's had a rough week. Oof. I've talked to people privately <laughs> about that that know him and say, "Yeah, it's not the best look." Like what? Because what he's saying is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's kind of repeating that bullet point that um, uh, their president put out there. Nobody would ever do what he is saying. OSU wouldn't even do what he was saying if it was the other way around. Oh God! OSU would do exactly what OU's done. Like that—that's the thing that, like, once you get down that road and you're like, okay, yeah, sure, OSU, you can be mad, you can be pissed, like that's. That's fair. Like uh, you got done dirty here. Like there, there's no other way around that. But at the same time, if the, if you had to make the choice between we're going to the SEC or we're going to stay in the Big Twelve without you know the two major conferences or two major programs, you'd leave. You'd have been gone, and you would never thought twice about it. It's not. It's I mean, not a decision. Honestly, it's so stupid. I don't even know if I want to like just keep hounding on him because it's such a dumb point. 
That's how stupid it is. Was there? I did want to ask Bob real quick if there was any like just big takeaways from the Board of Regents meeting uh, after we get done with the recruiting stuff, so we can continue with the recruiting if we're if we're if we have anything else to add. Because I, I well, know that what happened right as we stopped recording, basically was Sud was Cedric Roberts. Sure, so that's something we we yeah. have to hit. <laughs> yeah, that one. God. I remember I messaged you guys right after. I was like, "Oh God!" Like, because I had I, I I made a joke on the board. I was like, "I didn't have a time to walk any of it back." I just had to be like, "Yep, okay, this is real now." Um, from everything I understand, it, it was a lot like the Robert Spears Jennings situation. Oklahoma had tried to get him up beforehand and work him out a little bit. Uh, had come up to one of the camps that you guys were at, yeah. and he just he pulled a muscle in the in running the forty, and so he just he was done. And from everything I've gathered, Oklahoma liked him, but I don't think they expected to be as impressed as they were from what I was told. Like, he just, apparently he just blew up. I mean, was just awesome, immediately became a priority take. And everybody, the, the you know, and it's understandable, but the immediate response was, well, what does this mean to Chris McClellan? Does this mean they're losing Gabe Dindy? No, it's none of that. Like, OU's going to recruit all those guys, and Jare Bledsoe as well. Although there's some reports out that maybe Jare Bledsoe is kind of turning his focus to in-state, and that may be the case. Um, but, you know, well, I, I need to follow up on that a little bit more. I just kind of want to acknowledge that that's out there. Um, but, no, I, I, this was a guy that they just said, he, he's too good for us not to take. They, they just like him a lot and didn't want it to be a deal where, okay, we're going to wait on – Dindy and we're going to wait on McClellan and then we lose out on one of those guys and try to offer him well then by then you know hometown Texas has gotten involved or A&M's involved you know we, we've we've lost the momentum we had and so I think now they know you know they, they've got a pretty good hold on him and he's he's already come up a couple of times and like I said I mean this is a real long athletic guy I'm going to go see him next week I'm real excited about it I, I want to get a you know my first look at him and I, I think this is a guy, like I said, that this isn't this isn't some you know plan B. This is just a guy they liked a lot more in person than they expected to. Is it? I guess a wrong way to look at it when you say, well, I mean, Dennis Johnson, the defensive line coach at Baylor, Dave Aranda signed off on him. He must they they know something about playing good defense. It must fit some type of mold. You know, and, and you know, you mentioned that. I think it's a great point, Eddie. I know, again, uh, Scott Halfley, uh, it's not Jeff Halfley, Jeff Halfley at Boston College was the DC at, at Ohio State, and he'd offered him. He'd come all the way from, you know, the East Coast, to offer that kid from, you know, the, uh, the, the Central Texas area. So, you know, you get into that, and it's kind of, you know, th those guys know what they're looking at. They, they know what they're looking for. And I, you know, at some point, and some people on the board have kind of asked me about this. How how much longer can we doubt this staff's ability to make evaluations? They keep finding guys that you know either blow up during recruiting or they get to campus and you're like, wow, that guy's really good. I mean, people were like, who's Dante Manning? And then Dante Manning ended up as like a top ten corner in the country, and everybody wanted him. So like now, oh, you didn't get him. Now I think you come to this point in time, maybe that story goes differently. Oklahoma's changed the narrative on their defense enough, but. You know, I, I, this is a guy, like I said, you talk about the things Alex Grinch wants. He wants athleticism. He wants length. He, you know, and he'll work out the finer points. He believes in his staff's ability to develop if he gets the physical traits he's looking for. And this guy, from everything I gather, impressive wingspan. Like he, he's all, he checks all the boxes that OU's looking for. 
And, again, I, I'm excited to see him. I'm going to try to see Xavier on Bryce next week as well, uh, get kind of out in the road when things start getting to full pads here in Texas. And, um, you know, I, from everything I've gathered, there's, there's plenty to be excited about with both of those guys. I just saw a, a Detroit Lions writer put this out there about Dan Campbell. You know, yeah, have you heard? Head coach. Have you heard his uh, Starbucks order? I'm just I'm just finding it out right now. Uh, it's amazing. So he gets two 40 ounce coffees with two shots of espresso each. In each, two of the Ventis. <laughs> oh my, my heart God. would explode. Heart or butthole. <laughs> no, like if I if I have I, it two might be cups both. of coffee, like it literally makes me feel like I'm having a heart attack. Dan Campbell goes straight to the toilet when he gets to the Lions facility. He has to. Probably <sighs> destroys that Starbucks bathroom. Just doesn't even get through it. Yeah. Dude. He's definitely oh. having that second one on the shitter. I'm cheering for the Lions because I like Dan Campbell's press conferences, but he has said some just wild shit. It it feels like absolute boomer bust. Like it's going to go great, or it is going to crash historically bad. Like, and I lean toward the latter because it's the Lions. That's just the that's the easy bet to make. Yeah, there's there's no bottom. Like there's no basis in thinking the Lions. I don't think they've ever been good in my lifetime. And they traded yeah. away their quarterback. I I think uh, I think Stafford's going to have a really good year with the Rams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you seen some of the videos? Like it's just vertical. Like we're just throwing vertical all day to Cooper Cup. All those guys, they're gonna, they're just gonna go downfield. I can imagine. Josh, do you have a quarterback preference for the Colts? Oh, you know Philip Rivers. I don't know what the high school coaching situation is going <laughs> like, but maybe we need to call him on. He already, back, you know, they already quoted him yesterday saying I, there was somebody out there doing a uh, story on him, and uh, he already said that. If uh, he's staying in shape and if a team needs him at the end of the season, he's more than willing to uh, get back into it. Uh, guys, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I really, I had, like every fan, like I had chosen like Carson Wentz. Like, the, he, he had all that success. You know, he, he and, uh, oh, God, I'm just blanking on the head, uh, Reich. They've had all the success. They, they, they can do this. And then that happens. You're like, oh, okay, that kind of sucks. But that that like that was coming. Like I probably deserve that. Like I let myself believe some bullshit, and that's my own fault. Quentin Nelson, that guy's like, he's my favorite player to watch. Like I'm, I mean, I'm that in love with offensive line play. That breaks my heart. I'm like, I don't, I don't even know if I want to watch the Colts. Like who, who am I going to watch? Ty Hilton and all his long touchdowns. Screw him. I want to watch somebody get buried inside, but that just the good news is with I'm a guy sad. like Quentin Nelson, he will be back as soon as they tell him he can walk. He, I would imagine, he's going to be back on the football field. That dude would play with crutches if they'd let him. Right? Like, I mean, he he's just wired that way. Um, and like, I, I mean, he he really is. You know, because and Eddie, I mean, you know, is like a Cubs fan. Like, you you have guys that you know at any given time are your favorite players. Now I know they're all gone now, Eddie. But I mean, like next hey, season you can look forward yeah, to I, it. I don't again. know. Hey, I, I, I don't know why you're throwing me and Bob under the bus like that. Split up the staff like that. Wow. And uh, B, uh, you know, maybe we'll put a bounty out for Tom Ricketts. You bringing me his head, I'll give you a year subscription. But like, there are guys that even like in 
over any given time, they're still among your favorite. Like Quentin Nelson will be 60, and I will still talk about him as one of my favorite Colts players ever because he's just he's my exact he he's my type. He, he he's my kind of guy. Like that that's that's what football looks like to me. I think- Somebody this morning said. Uh- in terms of uh, Carson Wentz, they're like, is that not the weirdest timeline that you've ever heard from someone about when someone might come back five to 12 weeks? It's like, is he coming back from an injury or is he waiting for cable to come install? Like, it's... It is a very open-ended... Like, five to 12 yeah. weeks? Like, that's seven weeks. Like He'll, you can't he'll call Frank Reich when he's on his bit? way. That's so bizarre. And it kind of hamstrings you as an organization because like if he is back in five weeks they probably don't need to go out and get philip rivers good for our old buddy sam though ellinger i guess he's like he's he's the second i would love to see sam ellinger (laughs) oh i don't think he's an nfl quarterback he's gonna be like the preseason guy won't he because they who'd they sign they signed somebody didn't they they have somebody notable uh well, they've it was well, a, they've it was a retread, right? They got the Hunley guy. Oh, Brett Hunley. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's who they'll he'll be the retread. But there's for them. another. Who's their other quarterback, Josh? Besides J- Jacob Eason. 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 The, the, the Georgia yeah. kid or the yeah yeah Washington um, kid. Washington, yeah. yeah, I mean, and there's he's got like talent. I mean, you know, he, so I mean, there's a reason to think like, okay, you know, Frank Reich as good as he's been. God, he made Jacoby Brissett a functional NFL quarterback. Like, I. There are there's reason to think like maybe we could be okay if it, especially like you said if it's for five weeks and we've really only got to get through you know a couple early season games that kind of thing is Wentz gets himself back up to speed, but if it's twelve like I I mean I honestly like wh- who are you gonna get that's gonna fix it like who's gonna go like is Philip Rivers really gonna help us you guys know me let's go let's go get us a top five pick Let, let's let's go you know let's, let's figure that problem out. Um, Get a, you know, whoever's going to be that guy next year. We'll, we'll, we'll go get that solution rather than trying to stop gapping and get another number 18 overall pick. We don't make the playoffs, and we don't get a draft pick that's worth a damn. Well, you can just suffer through this year and get Aaron Rodgers next year. Hey, I'm good with that. That that I will I will take that, that future Super Bowl that is waiting for us. Uh-oh, we, we may have child entry. Yeah. I'm getting looked at through the glass door here. This is not good. This is bad. You're going to walk out to a house that has no, like, it's just going to be dropped off the side of the mountain. I honestly haven't seen either one of them in about 30 minutes, and this is the one that would absolutely escape, so I'm kind of glad. I'm like, okay, she's alive. Because there was something at the door earlier, and I was like, God, she didn't go out the front door, did she? And I felt good. This is how dedicated I am to the podcast. I was like, I I can't go check on her. I'm pretty sure she's here. I'm like 87%. Much appreciated. Yeah, yeah. Layla, you, you want to say hi to anybody? You come say hi? Hello. Hi. Wow, hello. Hello. Hi, Layla. What do you know about Building 7? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I will she say- can't hear you all, but she was she, she she is very happy to talk into the mic whenever possible. I will say, I, I think you retweeted it the other day, but C.D. Lamb looks... I'm so excited to watch him on uh, Hard Knocks over the next couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, he he looks Sun- like or Tuesday Tuesday nights. Looks like he's gonna have an incredible year. And the other thing I was gonna say, there Sterling Shepard. They put out a video on the Giants Twitter about him. Uh, he was just catching a pass or whatever. This is insane to me. But uh, I had somebody tell me the other week that 
He's the second most tenured New York Giant on the roster right now. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that made me feel a million years old. Yeah. I don't know if you guys heard that. Yeah, we did. My, my, my 3 needs to potty, so you guys continue Sterling Shepard. I will, I will return <laughs> okay. as quickly as possible. Well, it's a good time. Eddie, you brought it up. It's a good yeah. time to go over the uh, Board of Regents sure. meeting uh, that happened. Joe Harris and Joe Castiglione both spoke uh, publicly during it. Uh, and just overall, kind of your, your biggest takeaways from, from being there covering that, Bob. Yeah, I was amazed, first off, that they talked a combined 35 minutes. I thought we'd be there like five minutes. They'd have a prepared statement, some brief comments, and then they'd be out the door. But Harris really just laid it out to everyone. And I think – I'm not sure how, what the national reception looked like. I saw some national people look like you just making one excuse after an, an, another. But, I mean, he really – if you want to know why they made this move, he gave you step by step and instant by instant as to why this is what they wanted to do. Well, one thing you could tell from Joe and Joe, they definitely hated how it got out. You can tell that it, the respect that they have and the friendships that they have within people in the Big 12, it's obviously fractured now. And I, I'm sound, they hope they can repair those going forward but the way that that just kind of sprung out of nowhere you know two wednesdays ago was not the ideal setting of how they want it to let all these people know that they've known for years and years that you know what their time is coming to an end yeah i mean it was it was going to be tough regardless and i don't i Look, you kind of you're kind of pulling a dick move. I mean, you're not you are you're pulling yep. a dick move. Oh, it's a it's a full dick move. Yeah, it's a dick I don't move. even think it's a half. It's not dick even kind move. of yeah. It's a it's dick like move. It's, see ya. But at the same time, it's self preservation. Uh, you know, it's it's pulling the band aid off of something that just was not going to work in the long run. I mean, look at it now. Look at you know OU's having trouble building you know baseball and in softball facilities. The the West End seems like a pipe dream uh, of the football stadium. So, yep, uh, this is something that can get them back on track to, you know, upgrading their facilities and and hell, maybe it'll help with basketball. I mean, I personally am. I think there's the going to be a trickle down effect to all sports. You're just, I think it's going to happen overnight to where it's going to be. You don't notice it until you do notice it. If that makes sense, it's like, oh well, shit, they're building happen. this. They're they're doing this. They're yeah. you know. Is that when you start doing that, then all of a sudden it's going to be like 10 years later, and then football is going to, you know, the Switzer Center is going to look outdated, which sounds crazy to say. No, for it, I, I mean, it kind of already is. Like, even that's, with that all that the stuff. It, oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the upkeep on stuff like that. I mean, when they first built it, I was like, hey, this is really nice. I wonder how long this is going to last before it looks dated. Because that's the way everything works. Yeah. It 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 was funny listening to uh, Harris talk because it was like, oh yeah, he is a lawyer. Like as yeah. he went through he like the, the entire yeah. entire entirety of uh, the uh, you know the speech or whatever that he gave. It I don't know. It, his way of talking about bedlam and OSU. I mean, that was so matter of fact. I yeah, mean, man, that that's got to hurt for people to hear. But it was that's what. We've been saying, but it was nice to hear someone in an official 
capacity, lay it out. This is what we prefer, but this is the preference that we can no longer have happen for us. You know, I, I don't know what you guys have heard, but I do think that they were obviously not upset and it would, it would ruin anything, but I think that the way that the news broke, they were, like, if, if anything in, in how OU has handled this, I think that they're just a little taken aback at how it looked from a outside looking in, if that makes sense. Like, it's like, yeah, we do look like dicks to OSU. We didn't want it to come across that way, even mm-hmm. though there's really not much you could have done yeah. without telling them. No. I mean, you were, right. you were going to be a dick at some point. It's just when do you want to be that dick? Right. They wanted to kind of let him down easy, I guess, yeah. would be the best way to say it. But it really is. I mean, everybody's being everybody's going to be injured out of this, but you almost feel like Oklahoma State is injured more than anyone. Of course, maybe it was the same with TCU and, and Tech and, and Baylor and that they relied on Texas, you know, to kind of help spur along their season ticket sales. But, like, OSU really did rely on Oklahoma to fill that stadium all throughout the year. I mean, because you know, Oklahoma State does it where they only sell a ticket package. And even if they don't sell out their stadium, they don't go to individual tickets. So you would get all these OU fans that would buy tickets just and not even go to the games sure. just to make sure they could get tickets when OU, OU played there. So their entire ecosystem, first off, they were making a lot of money, but probably not as you know, not enough to compete with the Big Ten and the SEC. Now they're going to make less money, and they still have to try and compete with everybody. It's 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 a horrible situation for them, and so I can see why you get people that are just flying off the handle like they are. Listen, I mean, it's just a disaster for them. To be honest with you, if I was Oklahoma State, they've handled it a lot more professionally than I would have. Yeah. Yeah, they've had basically one, you know, one just roast statement that's been put out there when basically said, you aligned yourself with Texas instead of us. How dare you? You're the lowest of lows. Yeah, I mean, it, which, yeah, I, I guess for a president to say that, it's it's pretty, it's a pretty clean shot, is it not? Yeah, just the roller coaster nature of, you know, you probably should have put that out there and then the next day put out the one about we're going to be good, we're a great institution, we're going to secure our future. Sure. And as it turns out, I, I mean, who knows? I said this this morning, but I'm almost to the point now where it's like, you know, OU, and I said at the beginning of the podcast, it's like, OU knows where they're headed and like how, how much longer is this going to go? Is this going to be like at the, in the middle of the season and, you know, Mike Gundy or, you know, whoever insert whatever big 12 coach from the irate eight are they gonna have to answer questions about this during the middle of the season at some all point is there gonna be like some kind of ceasefire where it's like conference don't talk about it anymore about that yep well let's say i think i think that lincoln is like telling players like you can talk about it at media day but after that it's over we don't talk about sec but you're always going to have national media coming in or people from other markets sure. that are going to ask yep. about it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen for sure. But, like, I guess what I'm saying is, is by the way, in the next two and a half weeks, are they going to get something ironed out to where, you know, OSU knows where they're headed? Yeah, by the way. Does Kansas know where they're headed in a week? With 12-minute interviews, we probably don't need to waste questions on SEC because none of these guys are ever going to play in the SEC. Oh, that's going to be the best. I know you won't be around, but what do you think about it? <laughs> 
Oh, you. It's almost as good as asking. I'll strangle you somebody. This when you weren't on campus and they, sure. this game happened. Yes. I know that you weren't around. You might have been in high school. Did you watch that game? Did you, like, no. Do you remember? Like what? <laughs> What the heck it's do like you want a, me to say? I wasn't born the last time. Odie or or somebody played. like, uh, you know, just uh, Latrell McCutcheon's like, uh, no, I grew up in Austin. I wasn't watching OU at the time. It's like, and then the fan base, well, he, he, he didn't grow up an OU fan. <laughs> him. Do you remember the last time OU played Nick Saban and he was LSU? I, I, I was three. No, I, I don't remember that at all. Exactly. I did think it was kind of interesting this morning that uh, I guess Pete Thamel just tweeted it out that Notre Dame's game against uh, Toledo is going to be exclusively streamed on Peacock and not televised on NBC. It's like a, the first time in like 20 something years yeah. that, uh, mm. that NBC's losing a home game. Uh, yeah. Well, they're doing it to try but and get they're all, doing it all on the streams and stuff. Subscribe to the Peacock. It's just another kind of another example of, uh, you know. And that's why the way things are headed. That's why brands matter more now than than uh, eyeballs. It is funny to look through this thread and all the Notre Dame fans like. Next thing you're going to tell us, there's going to be a pay per view game. I was like, well, <laughs> if these people only knew. Yeah, will it be like the Peacock? Will it be like uh, okay, regular streamers can have this, but if you don't, like you have to pay an extra thirty bucks or something like they do with the movies. I don't know. It better be like golf, mm. and they put it in through the. Uh, the pay for pass or whatever, and you still watch commercials. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I'm screwed because I get free Hulu because of Spotify, but then I can't buy like the the bundle package with ESPN Plus, Disney, and Hulu. You can't? Mm-mm, it won't let me because I'm already a Hulu subscriber, which I don't pay for it. It's ridiculous. It would only save me like a dollar a month or something, but anyway. Um, no, but I mean, that's what I've wondered about Notre Dame, like... How do they not just join the ACC? Because how do they? How do you survive as an independent in this world? Arrogance. I'm just saying financially. How do you survive? Like, who's going to be able to pay them fifty million dollars a year? A year. Nobody. So I I don't understand how they 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 don't just join the ACC, or how they're not a bigger conversation piece about joining a SEC or somebody. Big time. And by the way, isn't the isn't the Big 12 pretty much, if they have an alliance with the Pac-12, aren't they pretty much screwing over West Virginia? Yes. Just like OU in Texas screwed over the Big 12 pretty much, right? There was I had an interesting conversation with that guy from West Virginia, and he like made it, I don't know, maybe I've been living in the dark on this, but it made it seem like West Virginia just never really felt like they were welcomed to the Big 12, just as far as like, the travel on on basketball stuff and Bob, we've heard him talk about. We've heard uh, uh, Huggins, Huggins talk about this, repeated. like yeah. after games, like you take a flight back to Morgantown and then all of a sudden you're getting up to go to class an hour later after you get back into Morgantown. It's like it it really is kind of a shitty situation. Yeah, for them. it is, especially for hoops. And and so now you think they're going to be flying to uh, you know Palo Alto for a Tuesday night basketball game? Like that just it doesn't make no, sense. No, yeah. Can't do you can't do that. By the way, the Pac twelve basketball schedule sucks. Like I don't even know where it is or where they play. Like, Who? The Pac twelve. Like I rarely ever Vegas. see their games. Vegas championship. Yeah. Not bad. Uh interestingly enough, the NBC and Notre Dame T V deal ends after the twenty twenty five season. Hmm. It's amazing kind how twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five 
like every mm-hmm. TV uh, contract just runs out. Well, you you mentioned it, just how ridiculous this time is. Like, I saw that post. I think I sent it to the war room that Brett McMurphy had about every mm-hmm. rumor that was out there, mm-hmm. uh, or that has been you know repeated. And a lot of it is just by like local radio guys that are trying to do their you know Chip Brown impersonations from the missile crisis, uh, where the guy came on and said KU was to the Big Ten was imminent and all this and. Uh, well, well, that I is love one that they of the reported uh, it, and then he literally came back and was like, "Well, I'm yeah, not he really saying that." Yeah. It was uh-huh. world record backtracking. The, the radio station was like, "So and so was just on, and they said that that KU is in talks to join the Big Ten." And he was like, and then he he quote tweeted their tweet, and he was like, "Well, that's not exactly what I said." I or at least I, I I don't believe that as strongly as I did when right. I said it. So, uh, yeah, you're going to have all kinds of crap. I, I do think, you know, I do hope that the Big 12 and the Pac-12 come to some alliance. Because, I I mean, I want to see those teams suffer and struggle and go to the AAC and basically become mid-majors overnight. Nobody really wants to see that. No. Agreed. I, and, I, I, you know, I, I keep seeing people like, oh, there's no way. this Man, I, I just, I don't see any way... So it's basically like Russian roulette. Somebody eventually is going to get scared and be like, "I I got to pull the trigger because they're going to get convinced the ACC would take Kansas or the Big Ten would take, you know, Oklahoma State or Iowa State, whatever it may be. Like there, there's going to be some conference that's going to just be like, we don't want them going somewhere else. We need all the the strength we can get, and we'll take it right now. Now, anybody that takes Iowa State is going to be like, we need Matt Campbell on a absolutely zero out clause contract as quickly as humanly possible. Well, he's getting a ton of money, and he got extended, so and he's had mm-hmm. every opportunity to jump ship. But what what's the, I said this to people on the board. They're like, well, what does all this um, uncertainty mean for Alex Grinch getting a head coaching job? And I said, I think it makes it harder for Alex Grinch to get a head coaching job because you are going to find coaches that find themselves no longer, essentially, in Power 5 jobs. I, like, Dave Aranda did, is not, he did not sign up for this. I feel like this is one of my better takes that I've said over the last two years. I think being a defense coordinator or a coordinator at a Blue Blood, quote-unquote, like, being the, being the defense coordinator at Oklahoma is just straight up a better job than being the head coach at North Texas. Or oh, I yeah, would yeah. I would even go as far to say like in Arizona right now. Just to throw two names that have been out there here in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I think it's a better job. I mean, he's making a 1.8 next year or this year. And you would expect that all coaches will be getting paid more with the new deal with the SEC. 100%. Although, again, we don't know when that's going to take effect. But, but like the days of, and there's going to be particular cases where a guy just wants, he wants to go get his own job. He wants to go get his own thing. But like the days of, you know, the Alabama defense coordinator, whoever, Pete Golding or whoever, if he wants to be a head coach, I don't think that you have to make that jump to Miami of Ohio now or to Akron or Toledo or wherever. Just wait. And you can be the next Shane Beamer, possibly. That might be a bad example. The problem here's the problem. The problem is, if you're at, you're at Baylor, you're at Texas Tech, you're at Oklahoma State. As I mentioned before, you're trying to compete against all these teams, uh, but you're all making the same amount of money. Now 
you're making less money. You can't pay your assistants as much as they are at Oklahoma or Texas or Texas A&M or anywhere else in the Power Five. And so now you're expected to do more with less. Your recruiting budget won't be as high as everybody else. Like, if you're a really good coach, like, and I'm sure Gary Patterson isn't much longer for coaching in college football, but if it was a young Gary Patterson, like, I, you know, the guy at Kansas State. I mean, TCU a good job when thing when the dust settles. Is that still a good job? I mean, they might be back in the Mountain West. No, I don't think so. I don't think they will be, but. Like, Baylor and Texas, I mean, uh, TCU, if I'm Baylor and TCU, I'm terrified of how this whole thing turns out. I mean, those are two programs that, yeah, could be Mountain West-type teams in five years. It's crazy to say that. Viewed like that. It's crazy to say that, and then you look at the Baylor Athletic Department, they're the defending national champions in basketball. When Baylor got in the Big 12, they were terrible. Yeah. I mean, they were a lowly, they were ready... It shows be, you why they were so willing to look the other way on. They were ready things. to be like a Louisiana Monroe, kind of that level of team. Yeah, maybe even like South Alabama. Oh, yeah, I mean the only reason they were in the Big Twelve is because they got politically strong armed. The league did, sure, or at least Texas did. Not anymore. There's no political strong arming happening now, which is really interesting. Which I think is good because. Every time something like that would come after, like, oh, the state legislature's not going to let that happen. Well, come to find out, they never could do shit in the first place. And that was all David Bourne. It is kind of amazing, like, the political gymnastics that used to happen, I guess. It doesn't feel like it happens as much without with a politician not as the president anymore. And maybe that's just completely me being a little biased because I didn't like the guy. I don't know. Maybe not. No comment for me. That's fair. <laughs> uh, me and Joe are I already, Panthers together. I already fight uh, with people about lawns, so I, that's, I can only fight about one subject with, with everybody. Oh, I'll take on the politicians any day. They're trash. Uh, okay. Disgusting um, humans. <laughs> Way to go, Governor. It's not, you're not drumming up very much support for your run. Uh, I don't know. Last guy that took that stance was the president, so yeah. we'll see. Terry, uh, I uh, I mowed at eight thirty in the morning yesterday in honor of you, you. So just yep. <laughs> but that's no, a week. That's a weekday. So you're good, morning, right? Morning. It, it was gonna. Too, it was gonna rain. Too. Well, it was gonna rain. It's been raining the last like day and a half. So it's like I, I've either got to do it now or I won't get it done. Uh, basically before trash day and that grass just stinking up the whole house. I'm like, nope, not doing that. So we're okay though with the morning weekdays. Perfectly okay. fine, right? Yeah, I it's don't, the I don't like the weekend when I can sleep okay. in. Okay, it's the weekend. Yeah, it's early. the morning weekend, guys. That you don't. Want. I mean, look, I'm not. I'm not fighting about it. When it's a hundred degrees outside, fine. But you know, seven thirty is still a little. At least you were eight thirty. Eight thirty is fine. I mean, and the thing is, I don't give a shit because I'm up at five thirty every day, so it doesn't really bother me. I was trying to uh, speak out for the little guy, but then the yard hardos, man. <laughs> like I see my thing is I don't get to have a take because I don't have a yard. Yeah, that's that's, that's my official that's my official take. I don't ha- I don't get to have a take. I don't have a yard. I just Josh I mean you you basically have a nanny. I can't believe that you don't hire out your yard. I I like working in my yard. Like I enjoy it. Like that's something I I like to do. Um I 
You need to enjoy I think more it's working. working. The jo- That's what you need to enjoy it's, then. Here we go. Here, yeah. You need uh-huh. to enjoy traveling okay. to see people more. See, I can, that, be a, I can be a Crimson Corner member. Yeah. If you got time to go. mow, you're not working hard enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I, I I don't doubt for a minute that that's the take. They're <laughs> nine ninety nine a month that I should literally never leave the computer. Yeah, I pay the you hell are you doing sleeping, Josh. <laughs> I pay you nine ninety to not mow your yard to pay somebody else to do yep. it. You son of a bitch. No, I'm 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 I shouldn't say that after the week that I've had after the dick that I've been. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else anybody of note wants to throw out there? Or anything of note that any of you want to throw out there? You don't have to be of note to throw it out there. I don't think so. It's football season. Yep. Uh, media day coming up tomorrow, so going to have a lot of content on the site uh, over the it's weekend. It's really late. I know. Yeah, it's, usually it's, it's like at noon. It's five not. o'clock is when we're done. So, so it's I would say a, we'll have yeah. a notes out that evening, and then on Friday we'll have even more content coming out, and uh, plenty of video from Eddie as well on Scoop HD. And uh, get ready, lots of things coming that we'll be able to tell you about soon here at Sooner Scoop, uh, taking things to another level. And Josh is really happy about it. Uh, right, Josh. Uh, you mean the thing I've been pushing for the whole time? Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Okay. I'm ready for it. Let's yes. do it. I have to get to Josh's house at some point. You free Friday? Uh, as in... Or is it still a COVID compound? Yeah, I probably... Uh, you'd probably duck that. The, you know, now the following week would probably be worked. But okay. other than that, yeah. It's so. fake anyway. Eddie? Oh, here... <laughs> Stop it. Okay. It. Okay. Double vaccinated and had it, and probably thought he had it again. I did think I had it again, but I did it. <laughs> Delta doesn't want me. All right, uh, that's gonna do it. This podcast mercifully comes to an end. Uh, appreciate you listening. Thanks to all you guys uh, for being a part of it. Josh, Eddie, Bob, I'm Kerry Murdoch, and we'll see you again next week on another edition of the Unofficial Forty Podcast from SoonerScoop.com.